Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. It's Melissa White. Welcome back to the Spirit Room podcast. So lovely to be here with you all. And thanks for listening. I wanted to share today an episode where I'm answering questions. Now, these are questions that I have received on social media, and I don't sit there and prepare. I don't like put a script together and then read a script. I will look at the questions and just answer them in real time and offer you my insight. And I feel like at this point, I probably don't have to say this anymore because those of you that listen, you know that I'm never telling you what to think or what to believe. And I'm never telling you or claiming that I am all knowing and that I know all the answers to some, like all of these things, because I am just giving you my experience. And from, you know, years of my own investigation and things and my own curiosity, following that curiosity, training, working with clients, all of that stuff. The other thing is that I think, you know, I think it's important to mention that, of course, uh, different people and different life experiences and, and different things will lead you to, of course, different different views and different beliefs. So well aware of that. I guess I do mention it in case this is someone's first episode and they have no idea what what's in store. You know, So just to put that out there up front. So I invite you to relax, get comfortable, you know, get yourself a nice cup of tea or something and just chill and let's get into it. Let's explore some of these questions. The first one is from Michelle and she was saying, she asked, do spirits stay around their loved ones forever? So that's, that's a great question. I think it's important to recognize that there's never going to be a time where they're not going to be able to have contact with you. And I know there are some beliefs out there, or I've heard clients tell me that another medium told them that, you know, their dad had been passed for too long, you know, 40 years or 50 years or something. And so he wouldn't be able to connect with her anymore or contact her anymore. And in my opinion, that's false. I think that um, it's an eternal bond. It's an eternal connection. And so there's been lots of times where people that have been passed for a long, long, long time have come through for their loved ones in readings. And I I think also it's important to recognize that there wouldn't be anything preventing them. You know, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule, like a time limit or anything like that. Now, are they constantly like just chilling, just hanging around you, just observing you, watching you 24-7? No. Having said that, all it takes is 
a thought. All it takes is a feeling towards a loved one in spirit. And they're aware of it, and they can be with us in that moment, like moment's notice. The other thing is, and I say I've told lots of you this before, sometimes it's us thinking of them and inviting them to come closer to us. And other times, the reason that we're even thinking of our loved one in that moment, in that exact moment, is because they're already with us. And we're becoming aware of that. We're, you know, intuitively aware of their presence with us in that moment. So, Michelle, hopefully that answers your question. I've even had messages from Spirit saying, you know, no matter how much time goes by, no matter how much time there is where, like, they're in the spirit world and their loved one is here in the physical world, it doesn't matter. They're always going to be just like just a moment away, just a thought away. So I hope that helps. So Jessica was asking, what is the spiritual significance of seeing multiple white cars? Everyone thinks I'm crazy. They surround me. <laughs> so Jessica, yeah, I I think, you know, with these types of questions, it's important to recognize that you probably could Google and there would be a bunch of information about this out there. I would hesitate to, to do that because... Who knows? I mean, anyone can put anything on the internet, and it doesn't mean that that's true. The other part of it is doesn't mean that it's not either. But I'm just saying that um, I'm always sort of mindful of not making sweeping generalizations when it comes to what is the meaning of this. Like, it's sort of like, I think I've mentioned this before with like dream interpretation books. You know, you could purchase one of these books and you could base, you know, you had a dream, you look it up. The author of that book said that if you dream about a white elephant, it means this. And you could take that. Um, but I would be more inclined to tune into an individual on a case-by-case -case basis. So what does that mean for you? And so when I look at this question, I don't I'm not saying that if, if there's other people out there and you see multiple white cars, that it necessarily means the same thing for you. So Jessica, for you specifically, I think it's just the universe's way of letting you know that you are in the right place at the right time. You're being sort of like the spirit world, your guides, your angels, getting your attention with something that you can't really miss. Now, if we wanted to go deeper into that, um, I think the fact that they're white really is kind of a nod to the connection that you have with spirit. I think the fact the white makes me feel also like it's a reminder for keeping as much as possible, trying to keep your thoughts and your intentions and your emotions grounded and kind of in check, like looking for the good instead of focusing on the negative or what's what's um like building maybe as far as like tension and anxiety and things like that and it's not to say ignore your feelings like we have to feel all of the the whole spectrum of all of our emotions of course but it's a reminder of what you want to focus on so I don't think you're crazy for that I think that it happens it happens to me oftentimes it'll happen with different even yes white cars often but it'll also sometimes happen with other colored vehicles um where it's like seven or eight all together, like right in front of me, you know, or yeah, multiple, even multiple times a day, things like that. So the other thing we could look at when it's a vehicle and it's a car, I mean, it could be also giving you some kind of indication about where you're headed and that there's support on 
your journey. So that's how I would interpret that. But I totally, I totally know what you're talking about. I've thought that before. Like, wow, so much has to line up in order for that to be something that happens, especially all the time. So yes, totally get it. Let's see. Nancy was saying that she collects heart-shaped stones and that she has them painted. Some are carved. Some have words printed on them. She's simply drawn to them. When her heart horse passed away nearly four years ago, she was walking his paddock the day after he passed, and she found a large heart-shaped rock, and it felt to her that she was meant to find it. Last week, she laid to rest his senior buddy. He was ready at 30 years old with a few health challenges. Her heart, of course, was not. Before he left, she whispered to him and asked him to send a sign that he was okay when he got there. Since he left, she found three heart-shaped rocks, two in the paddock where he was. Her heart tells her there is a significance with them. So she wanted my thoughts on this. Well, I think I think it's just a confirmation that you you would be looking for from me. I think you already know. There's no accident with that. There's no coincidence with that. And I think it speaks volumes to this really deep and beautiful connection you have with both of those horses. And so they've teamed up in spirit in order to bring you like strong signs that they are in fact together, but also that they're around you, they're with you. And there's such a deep bond when it comes to animals that we that we love, but also like especially with horses, they are such healers and such intense creatures, you know. And so I really feel as though that energy with them is so, so strong and the connection with you is so strong. So yeah, I think there's there's absolutely no coincidence with that. And I, I feel like you will receive more and more, you know, more and more of the heart-shaped rocks. I can also see that you would likely be seeing heart shapes in different places. So you might happen to glance up at the sky just at the right moment, and you might see a shape, a heart shape in the cloud. Or you might put your glass of, you know, glass of water down on the counter and lift it up. And when you lift it up, there'll be like a little, a little, um, like a bit of that water kind of condensation, like in a heart shape, you know, things like that, that you just, you know, you just happen to see, you happen to noticing they get your attention that way. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very, very sorry for your loss, but I feel also very certain that they're going to continue to bring you that's those signs and that comfort, you know, that they're still around, still with you, especially when you're you know, in places where you spend time with them. It seems like those those places are really nicely charged with energy for you. Julie Ann was asking how she can receive signs, or sorry, how she can receive her guides' names, spirit guides. So this is a this is a topic that I feel like lots of people can relate to because it's human nature. We all want to know. Not just that we have guides, but we're very nosy, you know, creatures. I mean, I am for sure. We want to know like who, you know, what's their name and what did they look like and the whole story. And from my experience, guides are not super concerned with what name we call them. 
They really don't care. They understand it's more of a formality for us. It's like something to help us to be able to connect with them. And I think it makes sense. I mean, when you think of these beings, like a spirit guide who has lived likely many, many incarnations in the physical world, it's like, which lifetime are we asking about? They're pre, they're, direct previous life maybe or or what like there's there's many many lifetimes to choose from so they've had many different lives many different names many different experiences so they are not too bothered by what name we use sometimes with clients or students they'll be really really wanting to know and so when i'm tuning in I feel like their guide will give me a name but it's very obvious that they're just like oh she can call me George or if she wants, if it helps, she could call me Timothy, you know, like I feel like it's not necessarily their name. So it's just helpful for us. Now, in other cases, I find there are certain guides where you have had previous lifetimes with them. So maybe there's a name that feels really, really obvious to you, like either you'll hear it, or you might feel like you see it all the time, like out and about in the the world. You just happen to see the name Jerry like 10 times in one day or something like that. And so it might be that 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 is because that guide wants you to connect with that name with them because you've known each other before and that's what you knew that person as, you know, in that incarnation. That's possible. But you just ask them. You just, if you're, if you're able to know the name or if it's important to you, you can just say, hey, I would love to know my guide's names. And then make yourself open and receptive and not judgmental about what comes. So you might hear it. You might just have it pop into your head as a thought right? So it just might pop in. You might see it in your mind's eye written on a piece of paper. So there's there's all of that. Now, there are people that would tell you, why don't you meditate on it? I, I just feel like strongly that the purpose of meditation is not really to get information. I don't think it's like an information gathering activity. So I would say, sure, do a meditation. And then afterwards, maybe sit in contemplation. So sit and ask, you know, then you could maybe ask a few questions, pen and paper, you could write down your impressions. That would be, that would be my suggestion. How else? It's just by, you know, I think the developing a relationship with your guides is sort of more than just wondering though about the names. It's like, how you can feel their presence with you in your day-to-day life, inviting them into your day-to-day life. So yes, you can pull some oracle cards to kind of connect with them, like daily card of what would you, what would you have me know today? And then just having that as a bit of a ritual for yourself. That can build trust because I think that it's fine. I mean, we can be open to that and write down whatever information we get, But if there isn't any relationship there or we haven't had any experiences where they've been able to give us some evidence or something that we can verify, it's kind of like, okay, like how do you, you can't really know for sure. So you could even, you know, do a few things in the beginning stages where you're really just trying to establish that connection. I've had students in the past where I've said to them, okay, why don't you just ask your guide, this particular guide, for three of the same sign 
over the next week or the next 10 days. Like give them a specific thing and a specific time period in which they can bring it to you. Now, I used to not like doing this because I thought I don't want to set this up as a test. We don't want to be like not trusting and kind of like testing spirit and demanding of spirit. I really don't like that. You know, I don't like that approach. However, I do understand for some people, they just need that in the beginning just to give them a little bit more confidence so they can build on that trust. So it could be like three butterflies or three yellow flowers or I don't know, the name Bob that comes up three three times over the next week for you. I mean, it, it can be pretty much anything you choose. And it's interesting. Then you sort of let it go. You don't sit there every day and try to force that or make that happen. You go on with your life and you just remain open. You mean remain open to how you might receive that sign. I did it once with, I think it was Owl. And I did happen to see a physical, well, not happen to, obviously that was meant for me to see that they got my attention right at the right moment of a, a physical owl when I was driving actually at night. And then I was grocery shopping in Superstore and I was just, it was like just at that time between like Halloween and Christmas when they're like putting the, just putting the Christmas decor stuff out. And I went down the wrong aisle that I, like I meant to go down a different aisle, but I went down this aisle and it was like, they were just putting out the decor and the employee had just put out this like white snowy owl on the shelf (laughs) right in front of my face. So there was that. And then there was another way that I got it. I think it was maybe a a card that someone had sent me or could have been a card that it was an Oracle card that was pulled for me. I don't know, but there was three and it did happen within the timeframe that I had asked for. So that's one way that you could just experiment with building that trust. The other thing is to kind of act on your intuitive nudges. So lots of you listening, you get intuitive nudges, but there's a lot of you that don't follow them. There's a lot of you that say, oh, no, I need a bigger sign or "Mm, I don't know, second guess it and then just second guess the whole thing and just don't do anything about it. The more you actually listen and follow through and act on those intuitive hits and intuitive nudges, the more you're building that relationship with your guides because you're trusting what they're offering. I mean, imagine you don't want to be in a one-sided relationship. You know what I mean? And they don't want to be in a one-sided relationship where you only call upon them when you're desperate, when it's like an emergency. (laughs) And then day-to-day life, you're just like ignoring and, and like they're giving you communication and you're just like not responding. It's like, you don't want to ghost, you don't want to ghost your spirit guides. Like, I think that's like so, that's so rude. Um, So yeah, you got to treat them like they're your friends because they are, they are amazing, excellent friends. But you know, we, we can't expect that it's going to come through always the way that we want or the way that we think it should. And I think movies and media have kind of given us this impression that the communication from spirit is always in a loud, booming voice, or that it's like a solid apparition in right in front of our eyes. And that's really not usually the way that it is. It's oftentimes way more subtle than that. So it's a good reminder for me. I've been working on a little mini course 
in sort of working with your spirit guides and guardians. And I'm going to I'm going to get back to finish that up and, and get that out there because I do think it would be really really helpful for a lot of people who maybe don't necessarily want to do all of the mediumship stuff that I'm doing, like that I'm offering the teachings for that. But there are a lot of people who would love to know their spirit guides and would love to have a relationship with them. So I, I will get on that. So I'll let you guys know on the podcast when I when I get that complete. It is on the list. So I hope that is helpful for you, Julie Ann. Let's see. What's the difference? This is from Aaron. What's the difference between being a medium and being open to spirit and encountering spirit? How do you know if you should pursue mediumship? And I replied to her saying that she should because I know her and I know she should. So I think that most people, most people have an ability to connect with their own loved ones in spirit and also to connect with their own intuition. Like that's not something exclusive to people. People like to say like, oh, people that who have a gift. As you know, I do not call it a gift. It's abilities that I've developed. And yes, I think that I have probably a certain kind of mediumship makeup, like mediumship DNA almost that like I'm appropriately wired to do the work that I do and to work with spirit. However, there are people who can connect with spirit and it might not necessarily be their goal, intention, or even their calling to do it, like to do mediumship for the public. There are many different ways that we can all be healers. And so mediumship just happens to be one of the ways that some of us express that. But there's a bunch of different ways. If the question is like, how do you know if it's kind of your calling? I think it's possible you don't know it your whole life. Like I did not sit there as a teenager and think, oh yeah, like it's my calling to be a professional medium and I'm going to do readings and I'm going to teach people like about this. Like, no, I did not know that. But I think it becomes something that you feel, I don't want to say, it's not a, it's not an obligation. It's not, it's a choice to pursue it. But I guess I can only speak from my experience. My, from my experience, I, I just felt like there was nothing else that I could imagine spending the time and spending the energy doing that would give me the same type of satisfaction, fulfillment, that I would be able to express myself in such a way. And it, it just became something that I felt oh, wow, this is so much bigger than me. I'm a part of something so much greater than myself. And so it kind of just evolved into that. You know, it wasn't that I set out to do it, but it evolved into that and it became clear to me. So I I imagine it's probably like people who, you know, when you have that deep love and deep appreciation for something, you're willing to do the work and you're willing, you know, you – you want to keep going and it becomes your vocation. It becomes your craft. And so, you know, it's, it is a choice, but it feels sometimes like it's not even, it's not even a choice because I just can't imagine, can't really imagine a life different, you know, for me uh, at this, in this incarnation, I just don't know. So, um, it kind of chooses you, but you also choose it. Like you choose whether you're going to put in the work and you choose whether you're going to pursue it. And it is a leap of faith. And I'm not ever going to say it's easy. I do not 
want to make it seem like it's all sunshine and roses. Uh, choosing mediumship as your kind of main, you know, thing in life that you, you do, either career or otherwise, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot that gets complicated because of it. Because you're not living a quote-unquote normal life. And that's the beautiful thing about it, but it also can be a difficult part of it, you know? So it's not for everyone. There's a reason why everyone, (laughs) lots of people choose not to do it. There's a reason. There's a reason. Because there are just certain aspects that I think nobody could really understand unless you've done it, unless you're in it, right? And that's true for lots of things. And that's true for lots of vocations, as I know that you know, Erin. So... I guess I would just say that there's something when it's when it's for you, there's something in you that like you could try to avoid or try to kind of, you know, not pursue it. But then something will always happen to kind of like bring you back to that moment of, oh, wait a minute. This is it feels like where you belong. It feels like home. You feel like, you know, that feeling when you're talking about something that you love or you're experiencing something that really, really inspires you and, and all that, you can see it in a person and it, it, you can feel it in yourself when you're just like, oh, this is, this is, this is what I'm, I'm here for. You know, there's no test. There's no like test that you can do. That's like, yep, she's a medium. She's not, <laughs> you know, I think most of us just, are drawn to it from an early age, drawn to watching the shows about mediums and reading all the biographies of mediums. And there's a fascination. There's just something that's exciting and intriguing because there's a part of you within you that knows it to be true. There's a part of you that knows that, oh, wait a minute, this is so my, I don't like to say jam. I feel like this my jam is so like I don't know. I feel dorky when I say that word, (laughs) but you know what I mean? It's like your thing. It's like, oh, this is so exciting. And you know, not everything does that. I mean, when I learn about, I don't know, uh, taxes, uh, I I don't feel that same way. (laughs) So to each their own, to each their own. So yeah, I think it's just something within you that is like a calling that you just kind of can't deny. But of course, yeah, you can be a, a muggle. You know what I mean? Like a everyday Joe and still have mediumistic experiences just because someone connects with their own loved ones in spirit in spirit and gets signs and communicates even with them doesn't make them a medium necessarily but it just means that they're open to having those experiences so there's that also even if you have mediumistic qualities doesn't mean that you have to pursue them I mean in my opinion it's like why wouldn't you, you would want to express and you'd want to experience and you'd want to sort of progress, right? So yeah, I I feel, I feel like when we don't express that thing that's within us, then, you know, life is a bit different. It's almost like there's a lot of anxiety that's unnecessary that comes from that. Sometimes there's a lack of feeling like you're living in alignment with your true self. So yeah. I mean, Erin, we can talk privately about it if you'd like, but I, I don't think there's any fear of like, is this something that you can do or should do? I mean, it just feels like a resounding yes. But anyways, we can chat further. Um, but I hope that that is helpful and that answers your question.
So Janet was asking, why do I keep seeing my child's time of birth in AM and PM often for the last six months before I knew she was pregnant? During her pregnancy and still after my grandchild has been born. I pointed out to my boyfriend each time when able. It's driving me nuts. So, <laughs> Janet, I'm not sure why it's driving you nuts. Do you feel like it's like a riddle kind of like and you're just like, why? <laughs> so I kind of I, I kind of get it. I think in this case, now I know that you guys were talking about Googling stuff and all that. I I don't think you're going to find anything that um, resonates necessarily online. I, I think this is, again, like a case-by-case thing. So it was almost like spirit preparing you guys, preparing you, letting you know that this child that's you know now here is a very, very special, unique part of this family and that there is a real strong bond or connection to your loved ones in spirit with this grandchild, with this grandbaby. And the fact that you keep noticing it, it's not like some message or some urgent thing that you have to pay attention to. Like, you don't have to do anything with that. You just basically take it as a little nudge, a little wink from the universe. In particular, I mean, I'm not fully tuning in at this moment, but I kind of I kind of am. And just a sense that there is a grandmother. Now, whether that's for you or for your child's or for your child that had the baby. I don't know. But just that there is there is like a lady in spirit that I feel like is very, very much like the matriarch. And she really wants wants to almost like let you know that she's watching over. She shows me a little ladybug that would be a sign of her presence, you know, around you guys and around the baby. And so it's just like a little wink from from spirit and a wink from her specifically saying like, you know, she's she's around, she's with you guys, she's with the baby. And so I know it's simple. It's like a simple explanation. And I know uh, in the comments, you're saying that you looked online, it was vague. I feel like you might think that's a vague answer for me too, but it is truthfully what comes up. You know, that's, that's what I get. So I think we can drive ourselves a bit crazy trying to come up with like the answer or the meaning of some of these signs. And most of the time, most of the time, it's very, very simple. Spirits reaching out, letting us know, we're not alone. They're with us, letting us know that we're in the right place at the right time to experience what we're going to experience and that they're, the universe is giving us that confirmation. So I think that's big. I think that's huge. And I'm super grateful every time I see those synchronicities. So I tend to just be like, amazing. Like if I see something a million times, I'm just like, thank you. That's great. Like it just makes me aware that there's so much that is orchestrated around us and for us, so much more than we even realize. And how magical is that? How beautiful is that? And, you know, how great, like we're just so, so fortunate to notice. Yeah. So I would just take it, Janet, like, oh, be, be grateful that you are noticing and that that bond with spirit is really strong. And it's similar to what Cheryl here was asking about, what does it mean to see a white owl not once but twice during the day? I know they're nocturnal and rarely seen during the daylight. So Cheryl, it's a real, that you've kind of answered your own question because it is rare. So anytime an animal is doing something that's out of the ordinary and you notice it, and especially if it's repeated, you can be fairly certain that this is a sign that you're meant to see 
and that you're meant to experience and you're meant to notice. So with that white owl, it just feels like such a connection to your own intuition and that you are a teacher. Like It's like you're teaching other people through your example of how you live your life. And so you have that connection with that white owl. It's like important for you to use your, to recognize your inner wisdom, like that you are a wise, wise soul. I would say an old soul and that you don't need to doubt yourself as much. That's, that's the message that I get from that. It, it does also speak to like past lives where you have used your intuitive abilities. You've used your connection with spirit. So there's been mediumship for you before in previous lifetimes. So it wouldn't surprise me in this life if you do feel super drawn to all of this stuff. I mean, you know, it's just a natural kind of interest. But yeah, it's a protective feeling and a wise, a wise feeling and reassurance for you. That's what I would, I would take it as. Laura was asking our pets, do they hang around or leave us after they pass? Um, Very similar to the question that I answered in the beginning about our loved ones, you know, being connected to us and accessible to us. Our pets have such a deep soul connection and soul bond with us. So they... They are there when we make our own transition. We're reunited with them. And they bring us signs while we're here in the physical world. They spend time with us. When they come through in readings, they'll often talk about what they've seen since, like what they've seen that's happened in our lives since their passing. So it's not uncommon for a dog in spirit to come through to their loved one and say, oh, I noticed or I was there last week when you sprained your ankle or I know that you guys moved house and I'm there with you in the new house and they'll describe like some area of the new house, you know, to kind of validate that, like to give that evidence and proof that they're around. So it's no different, although actually it is kind of different because I find sometimes the bond and that connection with the pets is so so much more even emotional at times right they're they're just like our babies right so yeah that is a strong strong connection that doesn't end either so i think that is everything i'm just gonna scroll one more time the meaning of one 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 or five one one several times a day that's from colleen so if we're gonna look at the numerology you know in numerology fives are about changes and then the one one elevens one 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 that's sort of known to be about like new beginnings um keeping your thoughts and keeping your energy focused on what you do wish to create what what you want to what you intend you know what you intend to create and bring into life so i would kind of say like changes are coming and there's this opportunity to really move forward in such positive momentum so keeping your eye on the prize so they say like just basically staying focused on that that's how i mean just at a glance that's what i would say i think particularly for you too seeing it several times a day it's like this also reminder and support from those that guide you your angels your guides your loved ones they're with you on this journey and so you've got what it takes they're there to not only hold your hand but they're there to to give you that sort of nudge when you need it and of course the encouragement and the support and so it's like to me it feels like it's 
it's sort of big life changes, but it's such a positive way. So kind of going into a time where you're pushing through what previously may have been kind of challenging, you know, and, and kind of areas that were a little bit like frustrating. So it, it does feel like it's such a good, good and positive message and sign. So that is wonderful. Sam from Instagram was asking, what is in the afterlife? Is it the same for everyone? That is like a, a major question. Uh, and I think you're right. We could do a whole episode on that. But I think it's like if you ask someone from Earth, I like say like a, you know, off planet being was introduced to Earth, like, and they asked, what is Earth like? I mean, of course, it depends who you, it depends who you ask. It depends on you know, so many factors. So I don't think it's the same for everyone. I think there's some uniqueness to it for sure. There's a sense that we do leave our ego at the door. So when you when you enter into spirit, you leave behind the thing, the qualities that are human. So what's very human, the hatred that we sometimes see in the world, the violence, the lack of understanding and acceptance of others and ourselves, fear, all of that stuff is very human. That's not something that is spirit. So we leave behind that. There's reunions in spirit of our loved ones and those that have come before us. There's opportunities for learning. I always see these like halls of learning or opportunities where people can be kind of like in school, but it's it's very joyful and it's very open you know it's kind of up to us like we can we can kind of follow our curiosity in a way Um, and it's all available to us so there's that oftentimes a good example of this the other a while ago a, a mom in spirit was coming through for a lady that was in a group reading and she gave a bunch of information about herself and at the end she just showed me that she was in this glorious beautiful rose garden in spirit and that she was just so pleased, like so peaceful, so happy in this rose garden. And the client said that in life she had like, I don't know, I think she said like 150 different types of roses in her rose garden, you know, and that she was very, very into the roses. And and that was a part of her, you know, that was a part of what she loved to do in life. And so I think we can kind of have that experience in spirit, you know, the things that we adore and love in life, we can, we can also have that in spirit or, One time a mom, again, was coming through to someone in a group reading and she told her daughter that she was living in this place by on the ocean, like she was looking out on her deck and it was the ocean in front of her and it was just bliss. And my client was crying and so emotional about it. And she said, you know, that was her dream in life. Like she never got to have that in life, but that was always her dream. And I just thought, how beautiful, like what an amazing thing that her mom can tell her oh, I got my ocean view, like I'm living in this very dreamy, you know, kind of experience. So things like that, things like that. But yeah, to answer, I mean, we could, I do actually have an episode, Sam. um, It's called a tour of the afterlife. I can't remember the episode number, but it's with John Davis. Um, And if you look him up, I believe he's got some stuff on YouTube too, that you could look into because he talks about his experience. He had an NDE, like a near-death experience, and he recounts what he what he saw and what he experienced in the afterlife. 
I've had a near-death experience. Well, I guess it's like a spiritually transformative experience because I was close to death, but I didn't, I don't have any recollection of like seeing the light or going in a tunnel and doing all that stuff. And I don't remember like going to the afterlife and seeing anything, but I did have an experience where I was close to death and it was pretty transformational, you know, for me. But anyways, John Davis has had like a real NDE where he was shown things. So you might, that might be of interest for you. Yes, spirit can be at two places at once. They can be at multiple places at the same time, which I understand for us as humans, we're like, okay, sure. (laughs) Like how? How? (laughs) But they can, they can. And they're not limited They're not limited by time and space the way that we think we are as humans. Do they walk among us or just look in on us? Well, I think both. I think both. I think they come for visits and I think, yes, they check in on us. And like I said, never, never far. Yes, I think our spirit guides are with us from birth, although there may be times where certain guides are more needed. And so they might be a bigger, play a bigger part, like be a bigger part of our life at different times, depending on what we're going through and what we need. Are there negative spirits energies? Oh God, this is again, (laughs) I have done a whole episode on that. To answer a short answer, no, but I do know there are people that have all kinds of experiences and that they believe that they, you know, that there are, and they believe in that. I think there are other explanations for those kinds of things. But um, if you're interested, the episode about that is called a not so spooky Halloween or a not so spooky episode. And it's from about a year back. So you could go through the podcast and see. And maybe I'll do another one about that. Again, I just get a little heated. And I find I don't really love arguing with people about it like I if we I feel like if I can have a conversation with people and they're open-minded and then I can you know also stay open-minded but it's just sometimes a lot there's there's certain times when people just really are holding on to that belief really really strongly and not like they I'm not saying this is you at all but like there are people that I've encountered who ask the question but they really really want to convince me otherwise (laughs) So sometimes I'm like, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to discuss. It's quite controversial in the mediumship world. And like I said, I understand ever to each their own, to each their own. But no, I do not believe in hauntings. I do not believe in and negative entities, possession, any of that stuff. So I will leave you with that. I thank you all very much for your questions. It's super helpful. It's super helpful to know the things that you would, you know, be curious about. So I'll I'll leave you with that. Thank you and wishing you a beautiful day, night, evening, wherever you are. Take good care of yourselves. If you want to stay in touch, you can for sure sign up for the newsletter. And then also we do have a the Spirit Room private Facebook group on Facebook. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to join that. And I'm going to start, I think, some video recording of the podcast in the next while and probably put it on other platforms like YouTube, stuff like that. And maybe some lives, you know, on social media, which I know I'm lacking. It's literally just the time and finding the time and then also the um the logistics of lighting and you know 
all that stuff. But it's all in the works. So you'll see something like that, hopefully, in the near future. All right. So take good care of yourself. And remember that spirit always finds a way because they, they literally always do. And sending you so much love. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.